morning, I want to share with you Paul in his introductory words to one of my favorite books in the Bible, the book of Romans, his introductory words to the Roman church. He said this in verse 11, chapter 1. He says, I long to see you. He'd been separated from them, uh, distance. And he, uh, in fact, he's in, uh, in jail right now at this, at this point, uh, not because he's done anything wrong, but simply for uh, preaching the gospel. And he says, I long to see you. I'm separated so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. One of the last words that I want to be able to impart to you this morning to make you strong, and I am absolutely convinced of this, is on giving. I want you to hear this statement. I'm going to read this to you. A giving Christian is a strong Christian. A giving Christian is a happy Christian. A giving Christian displays the character of God. A giver. A stingy Christian, on the other hand, is what I would call a selfish Christian. A fearful Christian. A weak Christian. An unhappy Christian. And I believe... uh, that God would have you to be the opposite. God would have you to be strong. Uh, uh, I can't, I I made this comment last week and I want to say this again. It is in God's heart to bless you. It it, it, It is part of his nature. God so wants to bless his sons and daughters. And as your pastor, I so want to see you blessed. I want you to write this word down. Uh, what does it mean to be blessed? Two words. Uh, the, the Hebrew word in the Old Testament, you know this word. You hear it almost every day if you listen to the news or watch the news. Uh, the Hebrew word for, bar, uh, for blessing is called barak. Say that word, barak, okay. And barak means to be prospered by God. Uh, the New Testament word for, uh, for, for blessing or to be blessed means to be favored by God or, or you're fortunate or happy. So uh, I don't know about you, but is anybody candidates to be favored by God, to be uh, blessed by God, to be prospered by God, to be fortunate, to be happy? I, does anybody want to just raise their hand and say amen to that? Okay. Now, as I talk about giving here this morning, just want to, for those who are new here today, uh, uh, just to kind of let you know just a little bit about Calvary. Uh, last year, uh, a year ago, last March, was the first time uh, that, I, in fact, to look at the, went back into the sermon archives, and the, the last time I had preached, I mean, s- devoted any kind of time to a sermon or sermons or to do a series was five years previous to that. So, uh, uh, and one of the reasons why is because, uh, as Pastor Otis was talking about, Calvary uh, is an outstanding church when it comes to giving. Uh, from, when you look at the norms for giving and the giving patterns in the church in America, 
Calvary is, is doing way better. I mean, in, in terms of people that participate in giving. And uh, so, I mean, and that's, and, that's, and that's a blessing just in and of itself. And so I kind of never felt like, gosh, should I really preach on it? And then I, I really kind of had a, and I was really rebuked by the Lord. And he says, I want you to be preaching. I want you to be teaching on this. And so uh, I'm going to go ahead and just take this morning and, and, and share on giving here today because I am absolutely convinced uh, it's in my heart and it's in God's heart. Uh, he wants you strong. He doesn't want you to be weak. And I'm absolutely convinced that when you come into the area of giving, and I know that there are people here, that, that the majority of people here in this room, you're givers. But this word that I'm going to be preaching this morning, it's going to be for you, for the givers, because there's going to be some things that you might need to make some adjustments, maybe in your attitudes and maybe in your thoughts. And, uh, and I think it's going to be an encouragement. And for those who are not givers, uh, uh, those who maybe occasionally do something a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm praying today that you come into that place where you can position yourself to be blessed by God. Now, why does God want to do it? There's two thoughts, and I, I hope you take good notes here this morning. Uh, there, there's two things uh, that, I, that just really automatically came to my heart. That Number one, the reason why God wants to bless you is that he wants you to feel loved. Um, God wants wants to bless us to feel loved. There's this something about when you're blessed by God, when you're blessed by someone else. I know that I'm blessed by my parents, and and, and because I've been blessed by my parents, there's no there's no uh, there's no. I mean, I, there's I am absolutely convinced that my parents love me because they bless me, and God wants you to know. Uh, that he loves you, and the, and the proof of his love is, is bringing blessing upon your life. But then the second one is something that came to, to, to my heart, probably I think it was about the second or third year uh, after that we were here, and I preached a series that came out of Deuteronomy. It was called uh, The Life That God Blesses. And here's the other one. God wants to bless you because he, here it is. He wants to bless you so that you and I can be a blessing. Okay? He wants to bless us so that we can be, in turn, be a blessing to other people. God wants to bless us. And, 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 and by the way, uh, and I think of in a number of different ways, but I want to just kind of qualify here, absolutely in the area of finances. Now, for me personally, for, for decades and for years, when it came to, to uh, 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 praying and having your needs met and all of that, I mean, basically, I, I was there in Proverbs chapter 30, uh, where, where the writer there is talking about, you know, God, you know, I don't want to have so little where I, I'm tempted to go ahead and steal and God, I don't want to have so much, Lord, that God, uh, I forget about you and where it all came from. But God, just give me enough so I can basically get by. So, I mean, that was my mindset until I began to see some things in the scriptures that really it's God's heart to bless us, especially in the area of finances, so that we can be a blessing. 
God wants us to be a blessing to other people. Genesis chapter 12, let me give you one of the scriptures. It says this. He says this to Abraham. And by the way, we are part of Abraham's seed. If you read Romans chapter 4, I mean, it's a powerful analogy. We're, even though we're not Jewish, we're, we're part of his seed. He says, he says, I will bless you, Abraham, and I will make your name great. And he says, and you will be a blessing to others. So one of the purposes of God blessing us is not for just ourselves, okay? He does want to bless, bless us. He does want us to feel loved. He does want us to feel secure. But he wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing to others. I want to say to you here this morning, the blessing is not like the wheel of fortune. You spin the wheel, and here God, he spins the wheel, and, and there, there's your name, and, and you're just hoping that that, 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 that number or that, that arrow is pointed towards you. And, and that's not how blessing works. It's not, blessing is not connected to luck. In fact, blessing is connected uh, to a choice. In fact, you and I can even choose to be blessed. Did you know that? Let me take you to a scripture going back a few years ago. Deuteronomy chapter 28, and it says here in verse 2, and it says, all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. So the Bible says uh, that we can have a choice of having God's blessings. And I want to encourage you uh, this week, for those who are seeking to be blessed, I want to encourage you to read Deuteronomy chapter 8. It talks about the blessings and how those blessings are connected to our obedience to his word and to his ways. So the question I want to get at here this morning quickly is, how do we get to that place? How do we get to the place of where we're blessed by God? And I'm going to tell you one of the ways I feel that's really connected to that. One of the areas is through giving. Let's look at this. Let's go ahead and let's, let's kind of just build a little case here this morning. And I want to teach from it, preach from it, and encourage your hearts here today. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. The Bible says, honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. Why? So that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, when you see this verse, now this really doesn't make much sense to us. But if you were a Hebrew, you were a Jew, okay, this was a, to a Jew, this was a picture back at this time of a life that was being blessed by God. So this is a picture of what it, of what it looked like. And it happens, to, it happens to us as well if we honor or obey God with what we call the first. Or if you have your translation, many translation uh, interprets first as first fruits. And first fruits of our finances is called the tithe. Write that word down, called tithe. Tithe simply means tenth. It's tenth, okay? It's, it's, it's giving the first fruit of our finances. It's called tithe, or we call it uh, tithing, giving the first 10% of what God brings to us. We give the very first tenth to him. It's called the first or the first fruits. There was a pastor who was very excited. Uh, they were going into a campaign and, uh, about what God was going to do in their church, and he's fired up, and, and he's preaching there uh, 
to the congregation, and his deacon board is behind him. And, uh, and the pastor says, to, to get to the next level, he says, we've been crawling. And uh, it's time that we stop crawling, and, and we need to start walking. If we want to get to the next stage, we, we got to get walking. And, and the deacons behind them, I mean, are real loud. They say, let us walk, brother, let us walk. And then the pastor says, and after we've walked for a few uh, steps, and we got a solid ground underneath us, the next stop is to go ahead, and we got to run. And we got to run fast. And the deacons behind him says, Pastor, let us run. Let us run fast. Let's go. And they're all excited behind him. And the preacher says, the next thing is, if we're going to go ahead, we're not going to just crawl. We're not going to just, we're not going to just run. We're going to go ahead and we're going to fly. Let's let us fly. Let's go to that next stage. And, and the deacons behind me, they said, Pastor, let, let us fly. We want to fly right there where God is. And the pastor said, he says, in order to fly, it's going to take money to do that. And the deacon said, Pastor, let us walk. <laughs> let us walk, Pastor. Let us walk. <laughs> if you're going to give, by the way, if you're going to give, which you will, that's a guarantee. You will give. You will give to the power company. You will give to your mortgage company, to your landlord, to McDonald's, to Verizon, to Starbucks, Nike, cable TV, Bill. You'll give to, to buy some clothes. You'll give to go on vacation. You'll go to Disney World, and, and you're going to give. And, and if that's the case, by the way, you might as well give to God first. Why? Because it positions you and I and invites God's blessings on our life. So we're going to give. There's no question about that we're going to be giving. Now we talked about, as we started this series, I invite you to go back to uh, the first of this month. Uh, and uh, we talked about loving God first in your life. He's to be first and foremost when it comes to our heart and our devotions. We have problems, and, and we want to talk. We, what do we do next? We pray first. And, and, and then what's, what's the first authority and the final authority in our life? It's God's Word. It's the Bible. First, first over any others. But God wants us to put first in our giving, in our finances. In fact, God wants to be first in every area of our lives. He doesn't want to be an extra, doesn't want to be what's left he wants to be front and center of our lives. Let me take you to Proverbs 3, 9 again from the NIV. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Now, underline that word first fruits, and they're in your notes. Understand this. This comes from, you know, from a farming community, a farming economy, okay? When, when they farmed the land, uh, the, the people would, were to bring in the produce, the first tenth, okay, of the crop. So, and God says, the first is what I give you. It's not yours. It's holy to the Lord. So that, that first, he's, he's, he wants, I want you to get this real clearly, what he wants us all to understand. He says, that first, it's not yours. It's holy. It's separate. It's devoted to God. And, and it belongs to me. Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 10. Now behold, I have brought the first of the produce of the ground which you, O Lord, have given me. 
And you shall set it down before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. And you and the Levite and the alien who is among you shall rejoice in all the good which the Lord your God has given you and your household. I want you to notice something right here. First fruit was the tithe that belonged to the Lord. Notice here in verse 10. Notice that God is their source. O Lord, which you have given me. He said, all of this that, that I have right now, the, the, the crops that have come in, he says, God, I recognize, Lord, that this has come from you. It didn't happen because of me. Lord, it happened because of you. So he recognizes that God is a source of provision for his life. Notice number two, tithing is connected and giving is connected to worship, okay? What you have given, and you shall set it down before the Lord your God and worship the Lord your God. For those who, who are tithers who are here this morning, those who give offerings above and beyond your tithe, as you hear each Sunday, this is one of the verses that is connected to when we give. So it's not just writing a check out. It, it's not just pointing and clicking on our computer and giving a donation or getting out our wallet and putting some money there into the, into the offering plate. We do that not just to, just to go ahead and do that and, and let it be passed by. No, as we, as we give, God, I give this to you, Lord. And Lord, I worship you, God. I give you thanks, which is the next one, and, and, which the Lord your God has given you and your households. And so here's, here's what, notice it's connected to worship. And notice here in verse, uh, we're to be giving thanks for all the good things that he has given us. Has God given you some good things here in your life these, this past year? So first or first fruits is the tithe and it belongs to God. Just get that mindset. Now, I'm going to make another statement, and I forgot to get this down in the Scriptures, but it's mentioned about four different times in the Scriptures. Not once, not twice, but four times. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. I'm going to make a bold statement. In fact, I'm going to make a biblical statement. What you have in the bank... Uh, what you're wearing, whatever, the, the money or whatever, it's all the Lord's, okay? It's a radical statement, and some of you have never even heard of that. Yeah, everything that, that is in your possession, uh, it, it, it belongs to God. The tithe, okay, belongs, to, and it's to be devoted to the Lord and to be sent back and to be blessed by God. The other 90% were to be what we call stewards and managers of that. Okay, and so he gives, so the 10%, okay, that's set apart, that, that's set apart totally for God. Okay, so it belongs to him. Everybody follow me on that one? Let me take you to another uh, scripture that proves it. Malachi 3.8, we've heard of this before. Will a man rob God? Is that possible? Well, let's take a look. Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how? How have we robbed you in tithes? And offerings. So one of the ways that God can be ripped off is when, is when, when God's people uh, have made a decision, no, I'm not going to go ahead and tithe. Is it possible that God's people are coming to church in stolen cars, clothes, and homes on Sundays? Yes. Why? Because they've robbed God to make those purchases and not have thought about him. Now, I want to ask a question. For, for, for anyone, uh, does anybody want to hang out with a thief? 
Uh, anybody want to answer their prayers? Now, uh, now some people, I, I, if, if you're a young Christian and, and say, I, I didn't even know about tithing. I didn't even know that. Uh, I mean, there's, there's such a thing as what is called ignorance, not stupidity, not, not a lack of IQ. I remember for years, I mean, go, going to get a haircut and, uh, and, and, and one time, I made supercuts. This is down in Cape Coral before we moved here. And I, I noticed someone giving some money out uh, to, to, one of the, to one of the ladies who was cutting the hair. And I go, what's that about? And so I asked. And, and I never, listen, I never knew this. Uh, it was just ignorance. But it was a common thing to go ahead to tip those who cut your hair. And uh, never heard of that before. And, and I said, well, what, what's a common tip for, uh, for, you know, cutting someone's hair? Anywhere from 10 to 20% is a common courtesy. And, I, I, and here, for years, I can't tell you how many times I, for people that cut my hair, I'm telling them, I'm preaching the gospel to them and, and, and telling them about Jesus and, and no tip. And I, I was so totally embarrassed by that. So the next time that, that I went there, I, I said, I'm going to give this girl 40%, you know, way above or whatever. So, and I told her, I said, you know what? I, I had no idea. Now, is it possible that when we rob God, we rob ourselves? The giving of the tithe recognizes that what we have comes from God. Now, here's, here's the thinking is we think... Uh, you know, and when it says the earth is the Lord and everything in it, no, no, that what's happening is because of me. I made, uh, I made this happen. I worked hard. I was innovative. I mean, I, I did it. I'm the source of my provision. My job is the source of my provision. And I want to just tell you, your job is just a channel that God is using. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17 and 18. It's not there in your notes, but I want you to see this. Deuteronomy chapter Chapter 8, verse 17, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember, the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. So anytime we make a statement and said, it was me that did this, we pat ourselves on the back, okay? We're walking in pride. And whenever we're walking in pride, we lose God's favor and God's blessing. So we never want to be in a place to say, it was me that did this. Now, there's something. We play a part, okay? We're, we're, we don't just wait back and we don't do nothing. I'm not saying that we're lazy. No, God blesses uh, 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 diligence and hard work. There's, there's, you know, we do sow some of what we reap. But make no mistake about it. God has given us the mind, the strength, and the ability to produce wealth. So God wants to be recognized that he is the provider. And tithing and giving of our first fruits is the way that we show that we recognize that he is the source of our provision. Now, why was the first fruits, I want to go back to a question, why was the first fruits brought to the temple? Now, we know this, the temple was the house of God. Let's look here in Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 12. It says, when you have finished paying all the tithe of your increase in the third year, the year of tithing, then you shall give it to the Levite, to the stranger, to the orphan, and to the widow, that they may eat in your towns and be satisfied. So when you bring your first fruits, your tithe to God, here's what's happening. He's not going to eat it. 
When, it, when, it was, when they were bringing in the crops, God wasn't eating the tithe. Who was? Okay. It was, it was the strangers. It was the Levites. These were the priests that were teaching God's laws and, and the strangers, the orphans, and the widows. So one of the purposes of tithing was to be a blessing to someone else. Now I want you to write down two words, biblical giving versus prosperity theology. I want to do a little bit of, uh, share some thoughts here this morning. I want to clarify to you that God wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you. God is not against wealth. God is for you prospering. But prosperity theology wants to what I call cut deals with God. Uh, I call it the art of the deal, if anybody's heard of that recently. And basically the art of the deal with God is I will bring you this God so that you will go ahead and bless me. God, I'm going to go ahead and bring this, this tithe to you, God, so that you will go ahead and bless me. Okay? In other words, we're creating a business relationship, God. I want to create a business relationship with you. People show up and will hear that. There's been a lot of pastors and a lot of preachers and hucksters will go ahead and preach on, on, on prosperity and how to be wealthy and all of that. If you'll just give and manipulate, and, and, and that sounds really good. If you'll give, I mean, there's going to be a, a whole bunch that comes back to you. And so they serve God for profit. Basically, they're given to God to get for themselves. But that's not the purpose of fruit, first fruits and tithing. Write this on the screen. It's on the screen. This is huge. We don't give to get, but we give to minister. This is huge. And it's so, for Christians uh, and for brothers and sisters, God's sons and daughters, sometimes we can, we can get... We can get backed up on this. We, we, we give to get. We're hoping that we're going to get back. No, first, first when we bring our tithe, we recognize where, our, I mean, God, you're the source, and God, I recognize, but God, as I tithe, Lord, I'm giving, God, so that this will be a blessing. So this is other-motivated. Prosperity theology is self-motivated, so we can use it on ourselves. Prosperity theology is feed my greed, pour into my coffer. When I'm giving my, when I'm giving, uh, when I'm giving, here's what I, I, when I, and I've been where you're at. I, I've sat uh, well before I was a pastor, when I got saved at 19 and, and, be, and for about five, six years before I was pastoring, I, I sat where you were at, working jobs and, and all that. And, and I want to tell you something, I loved giving and, and I believed in giving and it was something I didn't have my arm twisted. But when I give, I'm giving so that ministry will go forth in my church. I'm believing that when I give that, that the children are going to be served well, ministry is going to be going forth, that, 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 that everything, God's people, God's pastors and the leaders are being taken care of. And, uh, and I have no problem with that. And by the way, I want to just, we, in fact, we prayed about this Thursday night. Uh, and I'll just say this, I'm leaving. And uh, I, I'm going to where God has sent us to our next assignment. I'm going to talk a little bit about that next week. But I want to say, it says clearly in the scriptures that, that the overseers, the pastors are worthy of double honor. And I'm not saying this so that, that next week or anything, please don't look at, I didn't even know that that was going to be happening with Pastor Addis, uh, that this, is, this was coming forth and offering this is not about me. 
Pastors, I mean, can I just tell you in America, about 75% of pastors in America are so discouraged in, in, in churches right now. And one of the reasons that, I mean, they would, they would almost quit if they, could, if they could do something else. One of the reasons why they're discouraged is, is the church has been keeping them poor. And, and, uh, and, and one of the ways that we honor pastors and leaders is by giving. And, and if, if the church as a whole all did that, everything, all the needs and, and ministries would be going forth in a very strong way. So when the motivation to give, uh, to give is to get, you've turned God off. But when you give so that you can go ahead to be a blessing and to minister, then you have God's attention. There's a bumper sticker that says, Tithe, if you know Jesus, any fool can honk. God calls us to bring the first fruits to show, here's another one. Here it is, right? To show our tangible trust and love for him. Now, there's some people in here that you're doing pretty good financially. If you were to tithe, financially, not a big deal at all. I mean, the, the other 90% uh, that you have, I mean, you're cruising, you're doing really well. And for some that are here, tithing, it is really a step of faith. And I totally get that. I understand that. I've been there. All the pastors, okay, we're, we're, not only are we encouraged to tithe, we're to do that, but God calls us to not only give, but to give offerings as well. So just know this, your pastors and the staff right here, they tithe and they're very generous as well. And God has called us to be generous in that area. So God calls us to bring the first fruits to show our tangible trust and love for him. It was in a Sunday school class and the teacher was with the kids and asked a question. In fact, this one boy, she asked him, she said, if, if you got a million dollars, would you give it to God? And he said, oh yeah, I would give that to God. Uh, yeah. And she said, well, what if you had a thousand dollars? Would you give that to God? Oh yeah, yeah, I would give that to God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. What about, what about $500? Yep, I'd do that. What about $100? If you had $100, would you give it to God? For sure, absolutely. And uh, I mean, without hesitation. And she, and she said, well, what if you had a dollar? Uh, would you give it to God? And he hesitated. And she says, what's up? He says, I got a dollar in my pocket here right now. We talk big. But what are you doing with what he's given you now? Proverbs 3, 9. Let me go back to this. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. Let me just give you another thought right here. Tithing is an issue of honor and worship, and it's recognizing that he is your source. So I ask this question. Why not honor him? Is he not worthy to be honored, to be loved? I want you to imagine here this morning, uh, I don't know whether it would be a political figure, uh, a sports figure, uh, a scientist, a teacher, whatever, but someone that is very prominent, someone that you are super impressed, someone that you don't know personally know, but you, you had the opportunity not only to meet them, but they're going to come over to your house and they're going to hang out with you for, for the day. And, uh, and you, you're going to be able to have their ear. You're going to be able to ask them questions. And, and, and I, want you to matter, I want you to think about that day. What would you do to go ahead and honor that person? I promise you, you would make sure 
that the house is clean. Okay, no, no question about this. And, and I promise you, I mean, they get thirsty they, and, and they're going to be hungry that day. But can you imagine that day? Uh, here, you, here it is. I mean, you get your house clean and, and you offer them some water, but it's time to go ahead and eat and he's hungry. And you go into the f- fridge and say, well, wait a second. Okay, man, last night's meal, man, it was really good. We're having leftovers today. Okay, we wouldn't even think of doing something like that. What would we do? We would bring forth our very best meal. Here it is. God wants us to bring the best, the first, okay? Not the last, not the leftovers. Well, if I have, if I have enough, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and throw a couple bucks there into the offering plate or into the bucket. Whatever is this leftover, I'll go ahead and do that. But look what happens if, if we put him first in our giving. Proverbs 3.10 says this, So your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. Okay, now we all want that. Okay, we all want that. Amen. I mean, who doesn't want a, a life of overflow? Okay, but there's a lot of people who don't want verse 9. They don't want to honor God with their wealth. You don't get verse 10 until you're practicing verse 9. There's ministry going forth. My favorite chapter in the Bible, favorite book, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, and my God will meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. For those who are just wondering, if I tithe, can I, can I make it? Well, will my, will my needs be met, okay? I'm not looking to get rich. I'm not looking to go ahead. But can I make it if I go ahead and I tithe? And I want to say to you, absolutely yes. And there would be many people here in this room that, that are just maybe getting by and say, yes, God will still meet your needs, Okay, now, the reason why Paul makes this statement to the Philippians was because of verse 15. He says here before, he says, Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. And he says, because of your generous giving, he says, he says, because of this, because there was a, there, it was attached to ministry. He says, you were giving, not because you had to, because you wanted to. He says, my God is going to meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Paul wasn't just saying flowery words. He was making a guaranteed promise. Proverbs eleven twelve says this, the generous man will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself be watered. I am absolutely convinced about this. When I, I was doing some research. I was looking at the giving trends that's happening in the American church and also giving trends that just is happening here in America. I want you to see a couple of these. It says that only 5% of the people, uh, of the adults in the U.S. tithe, okay? 80% of Americans give around 2% of their income to maybe uh, some charity or something else. In 2011, professing Christians in America gave 2.3% of their income to the church. Okay? Among uh, the most generous segments of giving uh, who practice tithing, giving 10%, are evangelicals. Now, evangelicals are, here's, here's what determines an evangelical. They're born again. They have a high regard for obedience. 
They believe that the, the Bible is the final authority in their life, and they're going Christians. They're out preaching the gospel. So the, the evangelicals, 24% of them are tithers, okay? People who prayed and read Bible and attended a church service, okay, in the past week, okay, uh, they've tithed. That's 12%. And charismatic or Pentecostal churches, which is us, okay, about 11% on average tithe, okay, give 10% of their income. Uh, and I ask this question, why, why are people in the church asking God to bless them when they're ripping off God? Now, I, I, now I'm, I, I'm not here to try to make anybody guilty I'm here teaching here at this moment. This is not my opinion. This is God's word. First involves honoring God and giving. God wants you to know that you are prioritizing him where he's not the extra. He's not the add-on. He wants to be first. Now, did you know what Jesus talked about most? Two things. Number one thing that he talked about was God's kingdom, the kingdom of God. And that's going to be my last message next week. Did you know what he talked about second of all, most of all? What was second on, on the list? It was, about, it was about money and materialism, okay? He talked more about money than he talked about love. That may bother some of you, okay? But, but it is absolutely true. Why did he do that? Because he knew that money is important. It reveals who you and I are. He said this statement, for where your treasure is, there is where your heart is as well. And so God is after your heart. Uh, when you give money, God is not after your money. God is after your heart. He wants your heart. He wants you to love him with all of your heart. Growing strong Christians, listen to this statement, don't have to be manipulated, guilted into giving. Why is that? Three reasons. Number one, they give because they follow God's word. Number two, they're led by the Spirit. They, God's word is the final authority, but they give because when, 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 there's, when there's opportunities to give above and beyond tithing, and one of our things that we do for those who are new here, when there's opportunities to give and, and, and what we call offerings, here's what we tell you. We, we say, pray about it. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you about giving to it, give. If he doesn't, that's okay. No manipulation. We listen to the Spirit of God. But here's the, here's the reason most of all that, that, that people give, growing Christians give. They give because they really love God. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, and it's about extravagant giving, and it's, it's the lady who is right there. She's there at Jesus' feet, and she breaks the alabaster jar, and she pours the perfume and, and all over, and it was worth a year's wages. And she's weeping there before the Lord. And Jesus makes this statement to the Pharisee who was right there in the room and says, I can't believe what's going on. And Jesus says, he who has been forgiven of much loves much. And he attached that to giving. And that was one of the reasons why, for, just tell me where, where I was at, it's never been an issue for me giving. You know why? Not because, it, not because of Malachi, it says you're robbing God. I give because I love God. I give because I've been forgiven of much. I didn't deserve it. I'm not trying to pay back, God, but Lord, you own it all, and God, I love you. And so, love, giving is an act of love to him. I invite you to join in that.
Is there a reason God calls us to give? I'm going to give you three things, and we're going to end. Three short point, three reasons God calls us to give. Number one, to experience blessing. Acts chapter 20, verse 35, Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. When you think of what blessing means, makarios in the New Testament means to be envied, to be fortunate, to be happy, to be blessed. Can I just tell you, I just, it is an absolute fact. Even psychologists will back this up. Give, and I'm not just talking about giving of our finances. It's just a life of giving, given of our time, given of our gifts, given of our talents. And, and those are the happiest people on earth. There, there, you can't, it, 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 there's so much over, it, th- those are the blessed people. God wants you in the blessed club. Number two, he wants to protect you and I from greed. It's it just, I am absolutely convinced that one of the reasons God puts that, that, that there is God says, I don't, I don't want your heart to be full of greed. And it just keeps our heart in check. And number three, it's to become like him or what I would call to represent him. John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave. For God so loved the world that he gave. When we were, um, Friday, heading down to uh, down to the Tampa area. I was with my family. I had uh, Samuel, uh, one of the adopted kids, uh, in the front seat with me, and uh, I was about a halfway there. And I, I don't wear them that often, but I put on my sunglasses, and uh, and he's there sitting there in the front seat there with me, and uh, there were a couple of, a couple of other pair of sunglasses. And uh, so I put my sunglasses on, and I'm cruising down the road, you know, block out the glare. And it wasn't a minute after, and he looks at me, and he looks down there, and he puts these sunglasses on. I'm going to be like Dad. I want to be like Dad. I want to be like my dad. I want to be a giver. I want to be a giver. I want to end. I want to end well. Land my life well by giving, giving my life, giving whatever I just, Lord, it's all yours. And so I even look at the, I look at the 90%. God, if you wanted me to give even more than that, you want me to give 50% of my income, Lord, it's yours. God, it's your responsibility, Lord, to take care of me. I know I got to do my part, but Lord, you're the one that says you're going to meet my needs. That's your responsibility, God. He meets our needs, not our greeds, but our needs. But I can tell you this. When the person is aligned with God when it comes to giving, right heart, right motive to minister, to honor God, to trust God, we have God's attention. And I would say this to my brothers and sisters, for those who just maybe had the mindset, God, just, Lord, I'm just, Lord, just so I can get by to pay my bills. I would, I would, I would challenge you to say, God, if you'll bring it to me, Lord, you'll get it through me. I believe that can happen. He can trust you to do that if you have the right heart. Let's pray here this morning.